don't hurry when you develop the city and always ask the inhabitants what they want. And also ask all the professionals that we work with to be honest and help the colleagues to uh, see new things and challenge each other, like I said before, with new ideas. And the most important, make all goals obvious and clear. Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Don't forget to follow Instagram account to see the stories behind the scenes and also subscribe to the YouTube channel to see the live talks. Let's get in touch on LinkedIn. Share your reflections with us with Urbanistica community. Recommend the podcast to people you think are interested in Urbanistica topics. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. I have the pleasure to welcome Anders Anspu to Urbanistica podcast. Hey and welcome Anders. Hey Mustafa and thank you. How are you doing? I'm very well. The sun is shining and I'm working and uh, I've had my vacation and I feel good. Nice. How was your vacation? How was the weather during the vacation? It was very good because I had my vacation right after midsummer. So um, it was uh, 30 degrees plus. So that was okay. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So how how do you feel? <coughs> back to work? Uh, are you still working from home or you're back to the office? No, I'm back in office. I have actually not been working at home at all. I think I have been... At, in, in my home for two days during the spring. Every other day I've been on the work. Okay. Do you have your co-worker at the office or they are home? Well, it, it's a mix of that too. Some of them are working from home and some in the office. So we have we can, we could keep up the distance, so to say. Yes. <laughs> it's no problem. Yes. Well, uh, Anders, let's start with you. You are our storyteller for this episode. So how would you like to introduce yourself and please tell us what are you passionate about? Well, uh, myself, I'm a handyman. I used to call myself a handyman. I I like to use both my hands and my intellect. Hopefully both contribute to what what I do. I like to lead uh, and I don't like to be behind. Uh, I also like to be with people, especially people who want to get things done and wants to take responsibility for that. Uh, I live in Helsingborg, I'm married, and I have four grown children. And uh, passionate, well, preserving nature, that's number one. Uh, holistic thinking, I think that's very important, and uh, allowing co-workers workers to uh, take response and try new ways, that's very important. I don't like silo thinking. Silo thinking. I'm not interested in that. Okay. Uh, I like the holistic way. And uh, I want to keep up the interdisciplinary work. Yes. So we work together. Yes, very great. And it's going to be a super interesting uh, episode. I'm looking forward. So let's start with the H+. What is it about? Well, in uh, 2007, it started up as a city development project, dealing with mainly two issues. Uh, Number one, transforming the old industrial and harbor areas to uh, 
yeah, for urban development. And number two was to connect the southern parts of Helsingborg to the sea, to Öresund. And the main idea then was to tunnel the railway south of the central station. Uh, the project actually started in 2009. And uh, in the beginning, most issues dealt with infrastructure and the railway tunnel. But uh, in 2011, the politicians uh, realized that the economy was not that good. Uh, the finance process uh, couldn't actually finance the tunnel as it was thought. So they decided to pause the, the work and uh, uh, then the project changed from an infrastructure project to a more of a, uh, so to say, uh, the focus was to make new dwellings for people in Helsingborg instead. And that was when I started out as project manager for H+. So it's a super uh, big project. It's a, it's a mega project. And uh, what does H+, stand for? Well, H+, is actually a, a funny thing because <laughs> we have the H in some projects previously. We have uh, H55 and H99. So now we have H+. So that's the idea behind it. Mm. So it stands for Helsingborg. Yes, and uh, how big is the financial part of this project and how does it being financed? Well, all city development has to be based on money that is created in the development process. Investors in buildings has to be part of the investing in green area streets and all the common places in, in, in the city. But of course, when starting up a big development project like this, the city has to take some responsibility and also contribute with uh, investments from the taxpayers' money. Uh, examples of that is investments in CAIS, sewage treatments plant, and some of the infrastructure around the areas. So the city has, at this point, contributed with uh, approximately half a billion crowns in this project. Yes. And uh, does the project keep the same plans and vision? Well, the big change was actually in 2011 and 12 when I started up because uh, realizing that we were not tunneling the, the railway at that stage changed the project. So that's the biggest change in the project. Otherwise, it's the same goals as previously. Yeah. Do you think it's uh, easier now without tunneling the train? I wouldn't say it's easier, but it... it uh, means that you can focus on one of the things. The big focus before was on the tunnel and, and lots of work was put into the tunneling project. When that stopped uh, or paused we could focus on the other parts and well, that's good. Though we have no tunnel. And uh, what's the relationship between H22, the making of smart city project and H+. Well, H22 is a city expo planned for 2022, obviously. Uh, and the city aimed to and will show all the inhabitants, the national and the international visitors and professionals how, how we work development in developing the city. Uh, and that is not only the physical development, but also development in all fields of the community. Yes. So what are the, the areas that H? Plus is covering 
or including now? Including in the H+. Uh, there are four areas, physical areas, uh, all former industrial and harbor areas. One is the ocean harbor, the northern part, and then we have the university area. Uh, we have an old military base called Husarplatsen in Swedish. And of course, we have the southern parts, Gosebeck. They are all different uh, to one another and have different conditions and has to be dealt with in different ways. Mm. And for each area, I guess you have a specific goals and specific vision. Uh, both uh, specific and, and also common. The common goal is the total of the project, uh, what we should aim to for 2035. But of course, the, the difference between the areas means that we have to deal with them different ways. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. We talk a lot about smart cities, so how are you going to make these places smarter? Well, of course, the first thing that comes into my mind is by using new and smarter techniques. But today we work and live our lives in new ways that demands new solutions. Examples is uh, co-living, co-working, using smartphones for almost every purpose. We want to have instant access to all data and to all information, and we are socializing more and more through digital devices instead of actual meetings. And this means that we, all actors in urban development, has to be on our toes and test new ways of doing things. Especially in this project, we also work with how the technical systems work together and how to change them and connect them to work better, even better, and contribute to a more sustainable city. Do you believe that the goals for each area is really achievable? Yes, of course. Otherwise, I couldn't work with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, of course, uh, the main goal uh, that we started out with was tunneling the, the uh, railway and connecting the southern parts of Helsingborg to the sea. Of course, that is not achievable in this moment, maybe in the future. But uh, other goals like uh, achieving, say, 5,000 new dwellings, that will we achieve. Yeah. We have uh, obvious goals and we are working towards them and I'm confident that we can reach them. Yes. And if we talk about one interesting area here in Tambori that you're also working with, it's uh, Drottninghög. What is the special about this project or this specific area? Well, it's uh, another part of the city, still quite central. Uh, that project started out in 2009 too, uh, when the city housing company wanted to refurbish all the buildings. They were all built at the same time and in the end of the 60s. And they were in very bad shape and uh, there was a big social challenge with the groups of people living in the area. Low income, low level of education, high criminality, many depending on social welfare and great part of the inhabitants had a background from countries outside of Sweden. What is the city doing in order to enhance the quality for everyday life for people? Well, we have um, some goals. and One of them are, is uh, that the people in Drottninghög should have the same living conditions as the average person in Helsingborg concerning employment, education, security and belief in the future. And the second one is that we double the, the inhabitants in the area. Uh, and that 
of course means uh, increasing the density of Drottninghög, uh, but also diversity. Yeah. We're always talking about community engagement, making people part of the story of city development. How much do you integrate people with the planning process, with, with creating the goals and with developing their own area? Do you really involve people in, in developing the area? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, certainly in, in Drottninghög, where we have had that as one working form from the beginning. We say that this is a form of a dialogue project. So we can't choose. We have to make dialogues. And we have done that since the beginning of the project in many aspects. And we are still doing it. Uh, As a fact, this year we are engaging in three different dialogue projects right now. Yeah. So Yes. So what what does it mean, dialogue project? Well, it means dialogue uh, like the real thing. Both listening and information. Sometimes dialogue uh, tends to be more of information than dialogue, but we are really listening, uh, analyzing what we're hearing, uh, discussing and trying to meet the people with the ideas they contribute with. We can't meet everything, and of course they are not professionals. We are professionals, but in that zone between us we can create things, and we do that. Exactly, and considering that, they are the end user of what you're creating yeah. as a professional. Yeah. yeah. We we used to say that we, we work for the people in Helsingborg and we also say that we build for the children in Helsingborg because they are the people living there when we are ready. Yes, of course. Finished. So what are the challenges you're facing? If we if we talk now about Rettinghag project and then maybe later about H plus project. Well, uh, if we start with Drottninghög uh, challenges, uh, we have many, but but to make the area more dense, which is a goal, but at the same time not destroy or decrease the green areas. This has made Drottninghög famous, actually. That's a big challenge. And to, able, to enable the f- families to take steps against uh, new forms of living and at the same time prepare them for the higher costs connecting to that uh, to get trust from the inhabitants to uh, to work together with them in developing the area and to so- support them of course to a safe and better life mm. it's very complex do you feel that people started to be more open to the municipality and not they don't feel that they are excluded anymore yes i think so uh, at least some of them Uh, when I started out in Drottninghög, it was very difficult to reach to people in the area. They were not afraid, not of me, but, but uh, it was difficult to get them to talk. Uh, but uh, the main owner in the area, Helsingborgshem, that owns most of the, the flats in the area, they have done a fantastic job uh, in dialoguing with their tenants. And together with us in the project, we have reached out and Today, when we have meetings or uh, gather for information or dialogue, we we haven't had problems uh, gathering up to 50 people. In the beginning, there could be two or three people. Wow. So, so a that's a, a big difference. But we've been there for 10 years. Yeah. It takes a long time to build city and confident. But today, you can say hi to people when you pass them in the area. 
in the beginning, they looked the other way and went on the other side of the payment. I can imagine. What do you think is the secret of creating a successful relationship? I, I think the important thing, uh, considering city development in, in, in areas already built, is to, to be there for a long time. To actually do what they ask you to do, sort of, or in the best way you can. So that they see that if they have opinions or thoughts or ideas, we help them to realize them and we stick to them for over time. Uh, in Drottinghög, for example, we are going to be there 15 years more before we say we are finished yeah. for that time. Then we start all over again. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to literally be a part of the project at the site. Yeah, yeah. And what are the challenges that Edge Plus is facing? Uh, to start with, we are developing an area where there live no, no people. There are no inhabitants in H+. Some of, some of the workers f- is there, but, but there is nobody actually living in H+, as a principle. Uh, this spring, the first new uh, dwellings were uh, finished, and we have uh, two houses now with new families in the northern parts. But the problem is to engage people in an area that is not known to the people. So we have tried different ways of reaching out to the people and, and uh, getting them interested in the area. You mean, mean moving to the area or like being around in the area? Both things actually. Moving, of course, that's the ultimate goal. But but also to get the inhabitants in Helsingborg to to uh, find this area, to to get a relation to it and feel it. And maybe move there. That's not a, we can't for, we can't force them to move <laughs> there, but, but but we can want them to be a part of the area. Yeah. Do you think it's going to take a a bit of time until they build this relationship with yeah. this new developed part yeah. of the city? Yeah. I, I'm convinced that it takes very long time. We have been doing this for ten years now, and we have a long way to go. Uh, some of the people in Helsingborg has found the area. Some have even moved there. But uh, to get the, the inhabitants in Helsingborg to really feel about the areas that we call H+, uh, that takes time. Yes. And what are the other challenges apart from engaging the people? Well, technically, of course. We have problems with uh, almost everything in that project. It's uh, sound, noise, uh, traffic, uh, Water conditions, uh, not bad water, but we are building in water. We have kais with a lifetime of 20 years that we have to make 100 years for because we build houses close to them. Uh, we have uh, a soil that is put there. That's landfill, all of it. So uh, we can find anything, actually. Uh, so far, so lucky, but uh, we find things that we have to deal with. Yes. Both costly and the take time. Mm-hmm. And Anders, you're sitting in a, in a leadership position, managing a big project. And in this podcast, I'm exploring what is a smart city mm-hmm. together with my guest. So I will be really interested to hear from you what is a smart city for you. How do you define it? Well, uh, for me, a smart city is not only for smart people. Uh, and it's not only a city that uh, has an overflow of dig- digitalization and uh, 
artificial intelligence and other types of high tech. Today, many definitions, uh, uh, definitions sorry, has t- uh, this narrow perspective. My view is more holistic. A smart city is a city to, uh, that allows people to live their lives the way they want, uh, whether it's digital or analog. A smart city allows high life quality, regardless if you are old or young, rich or poor, digital or not. The smartness lies in how we design the city, how we connect different systems to one another, and how we allow and open up for different use of shared spaces and services in the city. In the city. That's smart city for me. Do you believe H plus is a real smart city as how you mentioned now? Or a project contribute to a smart city? At least we try to create that type of uh, city in H plus not only thinking of uh, one aspect, rather thinking holistic and all those aspects. Uh, but we also think like this, we can't save the world, we can't do everything right, we, we haven't got the funds or the resources to do everything the absolute best way. So we, we focus on some things uh, and do that really good. Because when we succeed with that, we can take the next question and do that good in the next phase. Yeah, so step by step. Yeah, step by step. Mm. And t- tell me more about, you're mentioning that you're passionate about this holistic thinking and working together with other co-workers. How is it important in your work? And why should you listen to, to the other people in the group in a, a really complex project? Well, because... I. I'm not expert in everything. I'm ex- uh, not expert in everything. That's the best way to, to describe me. Uh, and we need to be together in order to do the things the best way, but we need to listen to one another and we need to be brave. We need to be brave enough to challenge the colleagues in their skills, though we are, are not uh, educated in their skills. We need to, to have that confidence in each other so that we can do it together. Then I think we can create new things that wasn't expected. Yeah. And I have also a small question because some municipalities think that, uh, okay, listening to others takes time, and which means equal money. And we have super limited budget. So how do we do that? How do we listen to so many people as possible at the same time you have limited amount of money to do that what do you think about this do you have any reflection well uh, maybe the way is to use all the modern techniques uh, communicating if you get people uh, engaged they will start communities on the web or wherever and if you can extract from them the interesting information, you have some answers and you don't have to do very much. The best way is to upset people, then they start. <laughs> That's a, how to say, a life hack. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you can say so. Yes. Anders, if you go back in time in a time machine and uh, you're able to change one thing in the city, mm. what will you change? Uh, I'm not thinking of the physical part then. I think of how we work, actually. Uh, Because I think of the co-working process. 
uh, we have since the 60s specialized in different professions uh, that work with urban planning, both in the education and in the practice. Uh, this has created what I call the CELU um, mindset that we now have to deal with. We should have realized this earlier, as I see it, and both in education and practice integrated the process more. I think we have something to do that Mm. in order to be better in the future. Yes. And are you working on this and changing it from your position? Yeah, in one way at least, because I always say to everyone uh, around me to and and urge them to, to challenge me and to challenge each other. It's okay to have opinions about what other people do. If you have that in, in good faith, if you really want to help them and yourself to do things better, then that's not a problem. We're talking now about the feedback culture and mm. building up mm. the team. Mm. And what is the thing that you will add to the city? You can add something. Take all the cars out of the city center. Out of the city center. The city center. Not of the town, not of the city, but out of the city center. That would be very good. I think uh, maybe for Helsingborg, but certainly for, for very many cities. How is it now in the plans of H plus Trottingberg? Do you consider cars as a prior? Well, we always talk about cars. Uh, and we have ideas. When we started out, the plans was very much like other plans. Business as usual. Yeah, business as usual and thinking of cars. But we have year by year discussed it more and more. And I think in the, 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 the upcoming phases, we will be better and better to deal with it. We are actually having ideas and performing now in order to make more mobility services. Uh, the northern part of H-Plot actually leaks, lies right on top of a central station. Uh, so we have all the, all the, the situation is very good for us, so to say. So I think in, in the, the phases coming up, we can be even better. And avoiding prioritizing cars yeah, as a yeah. transport, as mobility. There will, there will always be cars. Uh, different fuel systems, maybe and uh, more environmental friendly and so on. But cars in in one or another way will remain. So we have to deal with them. They need a place to stand when we're not using them. Best thing is to use them all the time. Then we don't need the places to park them. But, uh, well, that takes some years. Yeah. I had a podcast episode uh, and we talked about smart cars. The car drives you. Mm -hmm. And when you are done, so it drives somebody else. And they're running all the time. What is your reflection about this? Do, do you see this happening in Helsingborg in coming 10 years? Well, maybe not all over the place, but in, in some areas or for some, some uh, places, maybe, depending on technique, people are still a little bit afraid of those uh, self-driving cars. But, but I think it's coming, and I think that's a good idea. And and could we avoid a lot of parking spaces and use them for other things? Yeah. Green areas, for example. That would be great. It's great to hear, uh, for me, hear that municipality believing that cars is not the prior on mobility as a mobility option. And I wanted to ask you, like, from your, uh, I would say, knowledge, experience in Sweden, that other municipalities, 
are they also considering that okay maybe bike should be on the top walking but not cars well i would say that's in modern thinking today not normal but modern and uh, most cities deal with it that way there are examples both in helsingborg and and the cities around us in malmo and so on and lund that deal with uh, a zero goal for cars for example in in, in a single building or so but uh, to think that you can erase the cars from a part of the city or a bigger part of the city, that's a few years ahead. Mm. Very interesting. Thank you so much, Anders, for giving your time and for inspiring us to record this episode. Thank you. So tell me, what is the next step for you going to be and for the project H+. Uh, We have uh, both for H plus and Dortmund We have two big uh, plans to uh, launch this year, uh, enabling new dwellings. That's uh, the biggest things uh, for now. And uh, of course, uh, we have to uh, meet the uh, future and uh, consider the Corona time. Uh, that people work from their home today. Are they going to do that in the future or not? That's a big question. Many discussing that now. So I think this year, 2020, a lot of things will change and we have to change with them. And we really don't know what they will uh, mean to us. So let's have the eyes opened and see what is in the future. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Anders. And How would you like to summarize our conversation, your reflections, and three takeaway messages to all the listeners? Well, uh, I I can think of three. The first one that I often mention is don't hurry when you develop a city. Uh, and also, always ask the inhabitants what they want. That's one thing. Uh, and also ask all the professionals that we work with to be honest and help their colleagues to uh, see new things and challenge each other, like I said before, with new ideas. And the most important, make all goals obvious and clear. Yes. Thank you so much, Anders, and uh, three hashtags. I say like this. Uh, the first one is uh, City Expo H22. The second one is personal. It's a cappella. Sing, that's good. Not in this time, these times uh, with the corona, but uh, sing. And uh, finally, an English garden. Cool. <laughs> This is your favorite, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Very inspiring episode. Uh, thank you again. And so what is the next step for you? Well, uh, I mentioned H22. And uh, one step is to make it uh, more clear what we put into the City Expo H22 from the projects that I have been speaking of. Yes. Thank you and hopefully see you again in the next coming episode. Nice to be here. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast season number two. I hope you got inspired by this episode. Please don't forget to follow on Instagram to see the stories behind the scenes from the studio. And also subscribe the YouTube channel to 
see the live talks. If you have any great story that makes our city smarter, please contact me. This episode was specially recorded in collaboration with H22, the making of a smarter city in Sombori, Sweden. I am Mustafa Sharif. Keep up the good work. Keep loving cities.